Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. It's the 3rd of February 2016. I'm Benjamin Riley, And I'm Simon Copland. Welcome to Queers, a podcast about politics and culture. Each episode we feel our way through questions on a theme, and this week we're talking about pride. Summer in Australia means pride festivals are taking place in cities across the country. So we wanted to dig into what it means for queer communities to celebrate pride. My own hometown of Melbourne held its annual Pride March last weekend, generating some controversy when a group of protesters covering their faces with bandanas staged a peaceful sit-in blocking the parade route. From news reports about the incident and from video footage, you can piece together most of what happened. It looked like some spectators assumed it was a homophobic protest, ironically, and uh, eventually some quite visibly drunk crowd members began assaulting the protesters with buckets of water, hoses, and by trying to tear the bandanas off their faces. Uh, So some pretty kind of intense scenes uh, a, state, a statement issued by the protesters afterwards explains their opposition to Pride, uh, Pride March, the Pride March event, becoming tied to, uh, quote, environmentally destructive and socially unjust corporations, as well as police and political parties that institutionalise oppressive systems, end quote. They also outline a number of issues faced by some of the most marginalised queers in Australia, healthcare, uh, housing and the plight of refugees they mentioned specifically, uh, and end their statement with the question, what is Pride March for and who is it for? It's a bit of a big question to start the discussion with and we might kind of get back to it but how about we start with this Simon do you think the protested had protesters had valid points to make yeah I think they absolutely did and this is a um, critique I've had of pride for a little while now and one of the reasons I sometimes avoid pride marches myself um this is a controversial topic, and I think we should acknowledge that, and there's lots of different views, and I think we're going to go to some of that controversy later. Uh, but I think that there is genuinely valid points to be made about uh, the voices and issues that aren't heard in Pride marches, and in particular the depoliticisation of Pride to the point where it becomes a celebration more than anything, uh, and and lacks a lot of the um, the real politics and and discussion of the real issues that are still affecting many, many queer people. Um, and I think this is particularly relevant uh, given the protest um, and, and the issues that, that they brought up. Things like the plight of refugees, and, and which is something that had, has had a, quite a bit of coverage within gay communities in Australia, particularly with our government sending refugees to a country, uh, to, sending re- asylum seekers to a country that... Uh, bans homosexuality that where where it's um, illegal uh, and go to pride marches and things like those issues are rarely if ever um, brought up and the po- very political parties who are making this ju- injustice happen are invited and celebrated because they uh, have some members who have who, you know have good views on things like same-sex marriage which is really seems to be the only issue we really seem to care about at the moment so yeah totally think they have valid points to make 
Mm. I mean, this idea of uh, pink washing has kind of come up a bit in the last few years, uh, which is that uh, large corporations and, and political parties are kind of using events like pride marches to, uh, I guess, um, gain some social justice credibility with uh, particular communities that they want the support of, and, and notably communities that that often um, have sections of them that are reasonably uh, wealthy. And I guess it's not... I mean, you know, obviously this was a, a, a very small protest group and, and one that was uh, received some pretty negative, although it should be said not universally negative responses from um, LGBTI communities uh, down here. But it's, you know, it's nice that people are kind of talking about that a bit more. Do you get the sense that, that that's true? Yeah, I think I do. Um, so the last Prides I attended uh, were in the UK last year. Um, so I lived in the UK for 10 months and I attended both uh, Edinburgh and Glasgow Prides. And at the time, uh, in Glasgow in particular, there was an organisation called Free Pride Glasgow. Um, they had a lot of controversy around uh, drag queens issues, but um, their their main critique was of this sort of pink washing of Pride, that, that Pride has become about corporations trying to sell their products to gay people, to often wealthy gay men in particular, uh, and has lost, again, some of that uh, Pride's lost some of those um, critiques of of our social systems that continue to perpetuate injustice against, um, against queer people. Uh, I think that the issue is becoming more more relevant um, and I think it's becoming more relevant as corporate more and more corporations become to get involved in pride and try and jump on board um, more and more corporations try and get involved in it because they see I guess a new market of people who are who are becoming socially mobile socially wealth wealthy uh, and and are gaining sort of greater mainstream acceptance and therefore can fit into a capitalist uh, economy much more freely uh so yeah definitely definitely i'm seeing a lot more of this sort of critique happening what about you what do you think yeah i mean the age for example which is the the main um i mean i i don't know if you could really call it left-wing anymore but sort of non uh conservative uh yeah. newspaper down in melbourne actually ran a, a, a piece on this a, a friend of mine who's a, a journal there ran a piece on on kind of pinkwashing so which i think is kind of seeing something like that in mainstream media is a pretty good indication that mm-hmm. people are actually talking about it um although i think it has been discussed in queer communities for a long time i think it's important because the, the counter argument to this is is kind of usually that uh well these uh corporations essentially pump a lot of money into the community. So yeah. they, you know, sponsor big events, sponsor festivals, all that sort of thing, uh, which they which they do. And I mean, and it, you know, you can, it, it, it's pretty clear that without corporate sponsorship, things like, I think about festivals like the Melbourne Queer Film Festival, which I think is a really fantastic festival, um, just wouldn't survive without that corporate sponsorship. So I think it's, it's pretty important that we be as clear and as specific as possible about, what the harms of this sponsorship are, what the harms of kind of supporting these corporations are. Yeah. I mean, what would yep. you What would you say to that, Simon? This is this. I guess this is the big question, and it goes down to that question of what is pride for, uh, which is a really vexed issue within, I think, a lot of queer communities because people see it in very different ways. People see very different reasons for pride and that is often based on on their social position, their issues that they're facing in the, in the community. What are the harms of having corporations involved, having, you know, huge floats that are dedicated to these corporations? I think 
for me, the biggest harm is the uh, the potential it does to dampen down the political fights that we're still having. Um, it, 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 there is a significant uh, critique we can make of our, of our social systems and our economy in particular, the way it operates, um, that can be made that says that the, that the economy as a structure perpetuates injustice and violence towards queer people. And I think that we're seeing a lot of that sort of critique being made, particularly around pe people who are trans identified and seeing that violence being perpetuated against those people at that point in time. And that's an issue that is being being raised more and more in our community. And so corporations being involved makes it harder to make those sorts of critiques um, because they are that structure, because they are that system, because they are they are that you know that economy, and it means when you're getting sponsorship from them, it's harder to to have those more radical elements, to have those more those more critiques, because then you face the fear of losing funding. You have to sort of go, uh, you know, if we say these things, if we make these critiques, if we're more radical, then we might lose the funding, and it becomes a sort of funding versus your politics battle. A lot of people I think wouldn't agree with me on that, and that's where the question of what is pride for comes about, because people see it very differently, and people see that that position very differently. And I've had a lot of people say, well, you know, not all, not all queers think that capitalism is bad. And that's true. <laughs> um, so there's a question of what is pride, and that's where it comes down to this question of what is pride for. Yeah, I think a, a kind of good uh, sort of tangible example of some of the problems that, that come from giving uh, particular corporations a, a voice at events like pride that a lot of people see as being about protest and about kind of fighting for issues that the community is still wanting to change. If you look at the list of um, issues, I mentioned a few of them before that this protest group was looking at. One of them was housing, I mean, access to housing for people who, who are, you know, economically marginalised is, is always going to be a big issue. Um, mm -hmm. It's no coincidence that the protesters in particular uh, stopped in front of uh, marches from NAB, which is one of the kind of big four banks in Australia. It's it's pretty kind of easy to to make the argument that that big banks perpetuate the kind of economic inequality that leads to uh, and making it harder to access housing for for the poor. And in particular, you know, trans people in our community tend to be uh, quite economically marginalised, uh, and so you have to kind of wonder what. Um, you know, yeah, as you were saying, Simon, what we are kind of compromising to be giving those kinds of entities a voice, um, and not only that, but but giving them um, kind of credibility within our community by allowing them to to march at events like Pride. Um, I mean, but as you said, these are these are kind of quiet. This is certainly not universally agreed upon political opinions. I think you and I come from quite a specific. Um, political framework, which is, which is which tends to be, you know, to be very upfront, a, a fairly sort of anti-capitalist one. Um, I know that both of us have had over the past week interactions with, I mean, I assume mostly gay men. It's certainly been exclusively gay men in in my um, case about this protest where people have kind of essentially ridiculed the protesters or or defended um, the inclusion of corporations. Do you want to? Tell me a bit about those. I know you've had a few of those interactions on social media, for example. Yeah, I have. Uh, a few people on Facebook and, and some discussion on Twitter uh, that I've had after this event happened. Uh, I think that there's been two two streams, I guess. One, uh, sort of the defense of the the 
of corporations being involved and going back to some of that stuff you spoke about earlier about the need for corporations to be involved because they fund these events because they they're the ones who provide the money to make them happen and then a sort of separate stream that has sort of i guess ridiculed the tactics of uh of the the protesters and said you know this is not how you go about creating change you know you're isolating people within queer communities we are you know isolating the very people you want to change their minds the first one uh, is uh, an interesting and vexed issue the second one i found really really frustrating the uh a lot of the language i've seen used against these people is the sort of same sort of language that people have used against um gay communities that are, who have been protesting for a long time it's the sort of language i saw people use against those you know you could go back in history and see against those who you know rioted at Stonewall and, you know, participated in the Mardi Gras, that sort of, you know, you're not going to change minds by being so aggressive and you're not going to change minds by, you know, protesting and sitting in and doing all of that sort of stuff. Uh, and it seems very strange that um, I think that there's been a level of people who have reached particular uh, comfortableness within the community and particular comfortableness within society where they they now turn that attention, that sort of, those same, that same language against people who are still fighting, you know, fighting a lot of fighting about a lot of significant issues um and that has been really uncomfortable for me what about you what have you seen uh yeah i've i mean i've i've had kind of similar interactions i think i'm i'm less of a glutton for punishment than you are perhaps oh, Simon. I, so i, I try <laughs> so I've, I've avoided I, it <laughs> i try to stop myself i really do um and i've i've gotten pretty good at doing that in social media these days but for some reason this issue i got stuck uh, i think it was just a couple of stray tweets that then ended up me resulting in me getting full of full of facebook stream uh, full of streams you know totally and i mean i think the the stuff i find the hardest to kind of let uh lie is i mean this is kind of the the argument that i got into actually with some some um people i work with which made it even more frustrating um (laughs) was criticisms of the protesters on like basically aesthetic grounds Yeah, yeah, yeah that people were kind of paying them out for like, you know, saying their banner looked crappy or they were just like a bunch of just radical, uh, I don't know, feral sort of activists. And I just, God, that makes me so angry as a like tactic for um, just shutting down conversation that rather than engaging with debate on any level, it just becomes about um, avoiding it essentially. Um, Yeah. That, 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 that's, that's what I experienced as well. A lot of the people who said, you know, this is not the way to, the way to, you know, to speak to people. It's not the way to go about this, which is something you hear quite a lot. And I think it was a, a tactic to shut down ideas that people were uncomfortable with. Uh, and a lot of that, that angers me too, because it's this, these are important issues. These are real problems that people are facing. This is real injustice that people are facing. And people, and a lot of people, a lot of gay men in particular, turned around and just used their looks and their their status almost to 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 shut them down, to stop them from having a voice. Um, and I think that that's a real issue that we need to tackle in in the community. Is that obviously people who are participating in this protest feel as though they don't have a voice, not just within the broader community, but within queer communities as well, within gay communities as well. And this was a way to express that voice, which I think was a really strong way to do so. And yet they were shut down really quickly. Um, and that says something about about our community and about Pride Marches in particular, where they were shut down so quickly uh, when all they were trying to do was really express their voice and raise issues that, that they think are being neglected. 
Totally. I mean, you know, my uh, background as a journalist, I guess, means that I cling to the perhaps naive belief that if we actually have open debate about these issues, well, that, that's at least a, a kind of good starting point. You know, mm. that that part of the problem here is that the, um, you know, and I'm going to kind of use the term in scare quotes because it's so loaded, but part of the problem with the kind of pinkwashing of, of, of these events is that they kind of, um, it, it shuts down debates. I mean, you kind of can't sit down and have a conversation about uh, what does it mean to the community for uh, uh, for major banks, multiple major banks even, or major political parties, even conservative political parties to be having um, voices at these events and to be putting a lot of money into these events uh, because the, the conversations are just shut down. And I mean, and, and I don't think, I think regardless of your politics, I mean, I think before you even get to a question of like what someone's politics are or what somebody um, agrees with or doesn't agree with, if we're not even able to have the conversations that's a huge problem and and has to be a, a starting point yeah and i think that goes down to the, this question again of in these instances money is power in many ways and so the pumping of money into the into these marches creates a level of power that these organizations have that these corporations have that that allows for these debates to be shut down that means that they get precedence over other organ, other people who 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 have issues and concerns that they need to raise, who have debates that they want to start. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. ...who have problems that they're facing. Uh, and... You know, when you've got that money, you can you can shut that down, and that's a real that's a real concern that I have, and it's I think it's why I was quite I was cheering on these 
these people because of the, they sort of brought it to the forefront. They, you know, and they did it in a in a radical and bold way. They didn't go through the the sort of regular channels or whatever you want to call it. They they were quite happy being bold and saying no, this is not okay. One of the things you shared with me early this week, a um, I think I'm not sure if it was a, a tweet or a, a Facebook comment, where somebody what was it? Someone said something like, uh, "What if I um, want to." Buy something about consumer goods. What yeah, was that? yeah. It was, it was it was someone saying, you know, what about the gays who just want to consume, who who just want to buy consumable goods and don't care about capitalism? You know, they should have a right to be at pride as well. Totally. Basically. And I, I kind of on some. I mean, as much as I first thought it was a joke because it just sounds um, too absurd to have been meant seriously. I also <laughs> kind of love that somebody just said that because I think that that's a, quite a common view among a lot of sections of the community and again i think that to have genuine debate there has to be honesty and openness about what people's political positions actually are so part Mm. of me kind of sees something like that and goes you know i disagree with you but like good on you for for actually um being uh i don't know honest enough or maybe naive enough to to actually just kind of put that out there as a as a view but I think I think that also that that view like I, I agree with you. It's nice to, to see people being honest about that sort of stuff. Um, but the view also comes down to the crux of the issue here, and that's one of of social status. Um, and we're in a situation now where, particularly for gay men and for lots of lesbian women, um, we have reached a level of social status where real discrimination is not something that we face. Uh, where I, you know, we are relatively wealthy. We're quite a wealthy community, particularly in places, you know, in inner cities areas in 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 Australia. We're relatively wealthy. We're socially mobile. We're able to gain access to high levels of power. These are all things that are true for most of us, and that makes it harder to to engage with the people who aren't in that position even though there are so many of them who are still in the, who are in the community, queer community who are still facing serious levels of discrimination who still face economic discrimination and economic issues who face housing problems who face all of those things and so what we have is this di- this dynamic in which a lot of wealthy gays gay men in particular are now have the sort of control over these sorts of pride events and it's easy to shut down those who 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 haven't reached that social status. Uh, and that is the crux of this issue. It is one about status within the community and it is one about people who, like us, you know, in reality, we are, you know, I think we probably both fit that profile. Of who, course. You know, can just say, well, you know, we've won. We need to, we can just celebrate, you know, who can say that this is about pride and be, about parties and about, you know, being prideful in who we are and going and having a good time. I could easily, we could easily fall into that. But for a lot of people, that's not the case. For but I think people... what, I think what makes this kind of particularly, because I mean, this question has been around forever, you know, the kind of, um, uh, you know, haves, have nots, I mean, revolution mm. versus reform, like all that stuff. Is, the, these questions are, you know, the oldest, the, the oldest questions when it, when it comes to politics. But I feel like what makes this, and I, you know, I might be wrong here. I might just simply be, again, naive. But what makes this different, or what makes this feel different to me, is that despite the fact that the kinds of people that you're talking about have the luxury, sorry, the the the, um, the people with status, I mean, uh, have yep, the luxury yep. of of kind of essentially being a political. We have this conflation, cultural conflation of. LGBTI status or, or let's say gay status with a kind of political identity. And so it's not a question of people who 
want to engage politically versus people who don't want to engage politically. Maybe mm-hmm. it is actually that, but the way it's framed is two kind of competing political identities, you know, that uh, we've kind of reached this point where to to be gay is not only a political identity, I mean, you could say it's always been a political identity, but it's a particular kind of one. You can kind of assume if someone is gay that they're progressive, for example, or rather they can assume that about themselves. And mm. so we get this kind of big section of the community who thinks of themselves... I feel like the vast majority of people who identify as uh, LGBTI or, or, you know, adjacent terms would consider themselves progressive people. And I think that's kind of part of the problem, that there's not – this isn't ever framed as kind of standing against conservatism or standing against um, a a kind of politic we don't like. It's this just unwavering belief that – purely by virtue of being gay, we are on the side of good. And that is such a challenging thing to fight against. I mean, when I kind of come up against, I suppose, what I see as really conservative attitudes within the community that kind of come up around things like this protest at Pride and like pinkwashing and like kind of corporate involvement in these these issues, you you can't use the rhetorical the the rhetoric of um conservatism or or kind of establishment politics because because of this stuff because these people see themselves as as uh like by default anti-establishment i mean what do you, mm. what do, you do with that and that feels new i mean again but again i could be wrong i mean maybe this this issue has also been around forever yeah it's interesting i mean i think you're right that is assumed progressiveness uh is definitely permeates through the community and it, it makes me think of um, a lot of the discussion about Caitlyn Jenner for example who is a signed up Republican uh, and you know has some quite conservative views and everyone and I've spoken to a lot of people who have been really really shocked when I said that when I've told them that because they just assumed that because she's trans and is you know within that sort of um, LGBTIQ community that should be progressive. Um, and so that does permeate throughout. Um, how do you deal with that? I don't know. How do you deal with engaging with people who assume they're progressive, but actually when it comes to a lot of these sorts of issues, use establishment conservative rhetoric to shut down people who are raising really important issues? Um, I think it I think it could go back to some of that um, discussion we were having earlier about having proper open debate and discussion about what we are as a community and what that looks like and about the diversity of, our, of ourselves in a community and what what our politics are because we do have you know we're not there you know we're not all progressives we're not all we all we don't all have a picture of what progressiveness even is um you know we you and i might be to the far left and others would be more mainstream and others are, you know, to the right. And But we all sort of, I guess, there's a picture of a community that looks the same that, and that we actually might need to challenge. Totally. And I mean, even the even the term progressive is, is such a kind of problematic one. And it's certainly not one that yeah. I identify with because it raises obvious questions like progressing to what? Yes, um, yes. Uh, and so I, I sort of tried try to avoid it but those i mean those i mean because what we're really sort of talking about here is is the the shift towards uh, a neoliberal hegemony to to kind of get sort of <laughs> um poli-sci wanky um or, or social theory wanky but you know part of the problem is that the these ideas like the kind of um conservatization of like quote-unquote progressive politics is now so widespread that we almost have to kind of go back to like 
I mean, and I would never usually um, think about this as a good thing in, in political discourse, but like wedging, you know, that we should think about like trying to create wedge issues just to show that there is political diversity within our community mm. and political disagreement within our community. It's such a dangerous thing to kind of go, oh, we're all on the same page. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, 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 and just an assumption that we're all going to go to Pride and we're all going to love it, and that it, that's that that it matches every, all the needs in our community. Uh, I think that that is an unrealistic expectation, but it's one that many of us still have, uh, and I think that's maybe why so many people were so shocked at this protest because it smashed some expectations of what what people have both about Pride, both about what it means to people in the in the gay and LGBTIQ community, gay and LGBTI. That, that I didn't mean to separate those. Uh, and also, you know, what politics people have. People were shocked because those those sorts of things were smashed apart a little bit by by people getting, you know, queer people, gay people, trans people, getting down and sitting down and protesting our own well, march. People thought, people thought they were homophobic. People thought yeah, it was yeah. a homophobic protest. I mean, some of the... If you watch the, um, the video, and we can maybe post a, a link to it with the description of the episode, um, there are things... Oh, there are a couple of comments that people yell out about like these people being in the minority i'm using air quotes in the minority um which is just so like it's so kind of weird and sad um that people are just like actually unable to process what is going on like the idea that there is that opposition there and it really surprised me because if you look at their banners and if you look at their the way they dressed and their you know the fact that their bandanas were pink would kind of suggest that they weren't conservatives coming to protest a a pride march. It just didn't fit that. Yet people automatically went to that assumption because they couldn't comprehend potentially couldn't comprehend the idea that queers might protest ourselves uh, and that there might be diversity and disagreement within the movement. Um, that's a really fascinating element of, element of this. The whole idea that they were assumed to be homophobes really fascinated me in, in and of itself. To, to I guess, go to that um, bigger question, which we've touched on a bit already, as to, you know, what is Pride and, and who is it for? I suppose what are these events for particularly? I mean, Pride as a, a concept is, is a, a more nebulous one. Um, do you think that coming to the conclusion that it can be about a lot of different things and can mean different things to different people, is is that is that okay? Oh, that's a, uh, that's a, it's a really good question, and that's one that I'm battling with and that I have no answers to myself. I think it is okay to acknowledge the diversity. Like, I think we have to... You can never have an event that means the same to all to everybody. You know, that's just the reality of the world we live in and being in a community and being in a place where people have diverse opinions. The question of what is Pride for is one I'm struggling with because I don't know the answer to it. For a lot of people, it means a celebration. It means going out and having a fun weekend. For a lot of people, it means something a lot more in terms of their their, their continued struggle uh, for you know political, social, economic rights. How do we merge those two together? I don't know whether we should merge those two together. I don't know. And whether, you know, in some places in, uh, in Berlin, for example, they have a sort of an alternate pride festival, which is... Uh, different to the more mainstream one. Whether that's a solution, I don't know either. Whether the you know people break off into different different uh, activities that have different meanings is a potential solution to that problem. I mean, I I, I tend to think that it's not. I mean, it, I I suppose it goes back to that what we were talking about before around uh, highlighting political diversity within a community. I feel like that can only happen if we still 
acknowledge that we have some unified characteristics mm-hmm. or, or that we have some shared experience because otherwise i mean otherwise what's the point i mean what's the point of of calling of of, of critiquing this stuff at all if we're just going to go okay well you guys are doing your thing we're doing ours and um it doesn't really matter we have nothing in common i, I i'm not satisfied with that as a as a conclusion yeah neither am i um but at the same time you know that goes to the this goes to a whole range of broader questions about what is a queer community what are our political goals what are we trying to achieve which we clearly can't get into in the next you know couple of minutes when we are about to wrap up i think uh but i think that's what actually comes down to i think that it comes down to the fact that there is diversity within within our community significant diversity within our community both in terms of social status both in terms of political ideals in terms of uh you know what we want to achieve and whether we can merge those together uh to to have that still to continue to having a sense of a unified whole of of, of continued issues that we face that's the question that is open and that's the question that i think this brings out um i don't know the answer to that i mean maybe to uh, a nice um thing to finish on uh would be if, you know if if we were to even say in the australian context pick an issue that maybe would have the potential to actually highlight these differences and maybe bring the i oh god it sounds a bit patronizing um bring the idea of uh inequality within the community to uh, people who see us maybe more as a kind of unified, quote-unquote, progressive whole. I mean, what might that be? What's a nice, what's a nice wedge issue? Ooh, I don't know. And I, I, I mean, I think in some ways, if you even if you look now, marriage equality is one of those issues. But a lot of the sort of voices, it has become such a widespread, mainstream issue, progressive um, issue beyond queer communities that, that a lot mm. of the dissent towards it has have, has actually been silenced out. Um, and I say that as someone who often dissents. Um, and I think that that you know, but even even within that issue that has such mainstream, broad support, there is a, that is a wedge within the community, uh, and that's. That's that has been one for quite a while, uh, and probably for as long as it's the the issue has existed. So I think any issue is actually, in reality, likely to be that because people have different perspectives on it. Um, but I, I mean, I feel like it, 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 it. The problem with marriage uh, equality is that it's. I mean, as you said, it's it's been a wedge issue for for such a long time that the you know the arguments are, are tired, oh, um, yeah. and and everyone has such entrenched positions. Uh, that it's like it's just kind of hard to imagine that changing anyone's mind about anything. I mean, mm. I wonder whether it would have to be something more. I guess on the other end of the spectrum, the kinds of things that maybe you or I might consider more pertinent. You know, violence against queer people and trans people in particular in the prison system, or house or housing inequality, income inequality generally, access to healthcare, those sorts of basic things. I, I tend to think that those are the things that we need to talk about more the less symbolic mm. stuff the more material stuff the more economic issues yeah. the role of the police actually is one that springs to my mind as well um and you know if we saw a couple of years ago with, with those videos of police violence at mardi gras i think that actually created significant debate within the queer community about mm. who we are and what, what our views are what you know what we are as a community um and that is still an ongoing issue uh and one that although it's been quietened since that event i think is still an ongoing issue i think that's another one we should be talking about a lot more well that's it for us today thanks a lot for listening 
We'll be back with a new episode in a couple of weeks, which you can find on queers.podomatic.com. From there, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. In the meantime, you can catch me on at Simon Copland on Twitter. And I'm at Ben C. Riley, R-I-L-E-Y on Twitter. Thanks and see you all next time. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.